you so much for joining us today. I'm Sarah Gazarek, coordinator for the Faith to Action Initiative. The Faith to Action Initiative serves as a resource for Christian groups, churches, and individuals seeking to respond to the needs of orphans and vulnerable children in Africa and around the world. We believe that children grow best in the love and care of families, and our mission is part of a growing global movement within the Christian church to strengthen family-based care and help children remain in families. The core focus of our work is to encourage action inspired by faith and informed by evidence-based best practice. We offer practical tools and resources and up-to-date information on key strategies and research through our website, publications, webinars, and podcasts. Through this podcast, we will explore strategies to strengthen family care, a topic briefly introduced in our first webinar and podcast, The Importance of Family, as well as our second webinar and podcast, The Continuum of Care. These resources can be found on the Faith to Action Initiative website at www.faithtoaction.org. Our next speakers are Rebecca Knepp and Allison Atkinson. Rebecca is the head of international programs and field coach at the Australian Christian Churches International. She also runs their Connected program, which operates in nine countries and focuses on the right of each child to a family and working to help residential care facilities to place a priority on family care and transition children into families. Rebecca is joined by Allison Atkinson. Allison and her husband joined ACCI 10 years ago in Colombo, Sri Lanka, Together with their team, they oversee and run the operation of the Help Kids Center, based near a large slum in Colombo. They also oversee the Home of Hope Child Development Center, a temporary residential care unit where they are committed to helping children reintegrate back into their families. It's Alison, you and your husband, Narl, are working in Sri Lanka with um, a group of children that could be considered very vulnerable, and your program has obviously evolved a little bit over time as well. Can you just give us a little bit of background about who you're working with, how you came to work with these children and families, and a little bit about the program that you're running? My husband and I have always had a real passion for um, helping the vulnerable children because we've always believed that these kids have a dream, just like any other child in any other country. They've got a dream, and and we need to see that they can fulfil that dream. In 2006, the Help Kids Centre was opened, and this was given early education to the children from slums and, and, and a street community of children. And we started with only six children. And uh, it was uh, impacting, we just saw it was impacting their lives and making a difference, uh, not in a, only in their lives but in their family, their family lives. But I've also seen you ad- adapt the Help Kids Centre Definitely. and really broaden it out from being very child-focused to now being more family-focused and introducing things such as family case management where you've been really able to look at not just what's happening in the child's world but what's happening in the family that affects the child and how do we provide support counselling and services to actually address the issues within the whole family for the benefit ultimately also of the children. So can you tell us a little bit more about the scope of services that you actually put around a vulnerable family through the Help Kids Centre? Our overall aim, you know, just changed with all of this and now it's keeping kids in families. But those families need to be whole. We need to take a holistic approach. We give family counselling. Um, we, we help a little bit with um, small businesses. We helped, uh, you know, sometimes it's just like $100 or $50 and it, and it gets them going and, and they can provide for their family in a very simple way, you know. We have other networks around us, other organisations. We network with them and 
some of them do sewing, some of them do jewellery making. So we don't have to actually carry the load because we can't do everything. So we actually now um, send those out to all the different groups that we, we network with and, and they're happily taking on these women and training them as well. So... We offer that. We have, at the Help Kids Centre, we have the early education and the kids come in. We provide breakfast and their milk. Sometimes that milk is the only milk that they get for the whole day. Um, and then we also have the kids that actually come through the program right from the very beginning. In the two years that they're in the early education, we get to know the family, we get to know the kids really well and um, the whole whole deal of what's happening at home and so once they start school they come into our past pupil program which is a fantastic program because we just keep going on instead of saying okay that's over we've given you education but we we, we continue to work as we continue to work with the children and we see their marks improve and we see them do well at school you know the family just connects with us we celebrate 10 years this year with the help kids center and they know that we're there for the long term and and they see the results of that and we've just been able to win their trust which is a great thing and so that we can really speak into their lives we can speak into the lives of the children we can speak into the lives of the families so it's all about that relationship and trust in the long term and um you know, it's just been a great journey just working with these families and there's so much more to do in community and working with their community and making it safe. We do a lot of, um, um, we do a lot of uh, teaching them about protecting themselves as a preventative thing in, in, in abuse, which is, you know, so bad in their community. Really, we've seen incidents where kids have protected themselves and got away from being abused, which is really great. So That's fantastic. Yeah, so, so I think a lot of the things that you're actually doing um, really are family preservation strategies. That's right. For example, you provide daycare for single mothers. That's right. You provide both the early education and the past pupils program, which is the after school and supplementary education for children. And we see that they are two of the main reasons why children end up in residential care. That's right. It's yes. a lack of supervision when mothers um, don't have another parent around to help them whilst they're at work or that they have to take on that role of income earner and therefore there's no one to care for their children. That can result in family separations by providing both the early education and the supplementary education through the Past Pupils Program. You're strengthening the quality of education for those families so that they're not um, removing children to send them away to a school that they might perceive to be a better school. And then all of the things that you're doing with pr- protective behaviours training with community um, you have your community board that you have out the front where you'll you know provide community education and awareness around critical issues regarding child protection or child well-being to help build a better knowledge base within the community so all of these things when you put them together really are addressing some of the root causes of family separation for families who are living in the slum areas of Colombo can you give us an, a story an example of how A given family has accessed multiple services through the centre and as a result been able to avoid family separation and be able to stay together and see the children thrive. Yeah, we have a lovely mum. She has two young daughters and she is uh, separated from her husband. Her husband left her and she's all alone. Literally, she doesn't have anybody. She doesn't have a mum or a dad, a brother or a sister, a cousin or an aunt. She absolutely has nobody, just her. So she, she has really struggled um, you know we were able to work with her and we were able to help her with some bookmaking she went for some courses and she was able to do those kind of things and, and she you know she was able to sell those books we encouraged her and and work with her and 
she, she, she was doing really well and then she just hits, hits her down. So when she had it down, she said, oh, you know, I'm not coping, this is not working, I'm not getting enough money, I can't feed my children, put them in the home. We said, no, no, we'll, we'll help you again, you know, we're, we're going to come alongside of you. We bought her a, a table, we bought her a chair and we bought her an umbrella and she started cooking meals and she's taken off from there. She now does all sorts of interesting things with that table and that umbrella, which only costs like $50. And she's got a little home for her daughter that's safe, it's beautiful, her kids are with her and she's doing amazingly well but I, I, and the girls are doing so well we're with mum yeah. the girls are happy and they're connected with mum and it will be a wonderful success story and I think it is a success story but there's a greater story to come out of this yeah. when those kids grow up and you know they just really appreciate their mum and what she's done and I think one thing you touched on there that's really important is that you know, family preservation is not a one-off program. It's not. A, it's a holistic approach where you have to put multiple services around a, fo- a family because the issues that they're struggling with are complex. And secondly, it really requires that ongoing support, counselling, mentoring. Right. They'll go through ups, they'll go through downs. And to have somebody who they know they can count on to debrief with, to encourage them along the way, to help them really refocus and say, no, you are a good mum, you That's are right. a good dad, you're good parents, you can do this, we'll help you. I think that that is really critical and can make the difference between a family who gives up and thinks that the best thing they can do for their children is put them in a home That's and right. a family who sees, no, I, I can do this, I can get through this, I can be mum or dad or mum and dad to these, these children that I'm caring for. And Ashanti, and Ashanti has a, a, sh- a church. She goes to a church, and, and we work very closely with that, that that pastor, and they support her in that way, That's in another great. way, in a different way. You've also been able to do something else through the Help Kids Centre more recently that I think is really significant, and that is um, work with both women and children in the community through women's clubs and children's clubs. Yeah, it was really interesting because our government agent came to us and said, look, we've been trying to get this women's club started for years, but we haven't been able to do it. But you, you seem to have a great connection with the, the women in, in the community, with the family. So how about you invite them to come? We'll host it at your centre. So we had 50 women, just close on 50 women, turn up for the first meeting. The government wants these women to rise up and to look after their people in their community and, and, and have a vision for their community, how they can improve it. Also, the government has lots of things available to the women like classes, sewing classes so through the leadership of the core team that they chose that day these women um, let that mess- get that message out to the community to say hey the government is having a sewing class or they're having a candle making class or a bag making class so we're actually, the women are now actually going for these classes more often and, uh, and through that um, they've been able to, you know, start their businesses. And the kids' club is just a great idea to just get the kids out, get them um, working together, and, and you know, they they've got a heart for their community too, and just get them involved in in looking at their own life and how they can, you know, improve their own lifestyle and build their confidence. Yeah. We never had an idea of opening up a residential care unit. That was never in our mind. But with the 2004 tsunami in Sri Lanka in December, it left many children, many vulnerable children, and many homes were opened up during that time. And we didn't, initially we didn't open up the home. We did a lot of relief. But a year and a half passed, and we had a donor ask us, well, why don't you start a children's home and help these kids? And we thought, well, yeah, well, why not? We're passionate about helping vulnerable children. We thought we really wanted to help these kids. So the Home of Hope was opened up a year later after we opened the Help Kids Centre with 11 children. Years later, 
about seven years later, we were working with these children, and one of and of course the home grew to the point that we had twenty four children. But one of our boys, our eldest boy, in the home, but that we love with all our heart, um, as you would love your own child. He, he just wouldn't listen to us anymore. As, as teenage kids, you know, we just thought, oh, it's pretty normal, but it became really difficult. So his mum used to come to visit the home and visit him. Um, we never let the children leave the home. We thought we protected them from their family, so we kept them away from their family and we kept them in the home. She'd just come once in two months to see him. But we called her in and we said, Look, you know, he's not really coping. He's struggling. You need to take him home. As he was leaving, and, and he, he normally when a child leaves, they usually bow and they show that respect. He didn't show any respect to my husband and I, which we felt very broken and very sad. And one thing that he said to my husband was that, you know, if you didn't keep me here, if you didn't take me, my mother would have kept me. And that broke our heart. You know, that, that just like, well, what are we doing? We thought we were doing the very best. We felt like we were just really let him down. And then that's when our train of thought, our thinking on this whole whole thing of, of residential care, you know, changed. But the Help Kids Centre was going on and thriving and keeping kids in families and doing good stuff. But, you know, this was our heart and we just were a bit confused. And that's when we met up with you. Yeah, so I can mm. remember at that point um, where we had started the Connected program as a part of ACCI. And um, I remember you telling me about mm. that story and how that was really pivotal to your thinking and your ability to engage with the research that we were sharing with you, with some of the information and the case studies that were coming out and that you really felt like that backed up what you saw in this particular child and and then you came in and became a part of the Connected program and we were able to then bring alongside of you training about reintegration and um, reconnecting children with their families and some of the other strategies that we could potentially look at as a way to help these families live together and be able to protect and provide for their children but from within the family and the community mm. and so we started facilitating training sending over social work trainers to yes. you and um, organizing training on foster care on reintegration on family preservation yeah, it was amazing because um, at that time, because we, we worked closely with the probation and child care in Sri Lanka, um, they actually, the, the, the government opened up um, for that training. There's nine provinces in Sri Lanka and the heads of every um, province in child care and probation came, the commissioner of each one. The national commissioner also came for that training and sat in that training and for two days and um, we were able to go through that reintegration process from that st- that point they were just so keen and so interested that um, our, our lecturer at that time was able to actually give them material which was going to help them to actually write the policies for Sri Lanka and to bring that together so that was so exciting and it just went from there so that we just started training in every region in every province we've we've done three provinces and we're doing another three very soon and also uh, on top of that we also have a Christian organization that we have a, a network of Christian churches and their homes and that's right through the whole island and we've been able to work with them very closely and also with the Catholic Church and and, uh, their homes right throughout Sri Lanka. So that's pretty significant. So it's not just um, being able to adapt and change the way you support vulnerable children through your program, be that the Hope Centre as now a temporary care facility and the Help Kids Centre, but you've actually Mm -hmm. been able to take that learning and knowledge, share your experiences and build the capacity of 
How many homes would you estimate sit within both the Catholic network and the Christian network that you've been able to come alongside of and influence? Over 200. That's pretty significant. Yes. I believe it was the second year that we had the training, the social work training on the importance of family and reunification and family preservation that you were able to actually work with the very local level Hmm. government um, leaders or community leaders. And what we know is a dynamic that affects family separation is when a family is struggling in the community, particularly in, in these communities you're working in, Often it's the village leader or the local community leaders who will identify that as a family, as a family at risk, as a child at risk, and they will recommend that that child is placed in an orphanage. But Mm. you've been able to, through that training, provide information to those community leaders to let them know about the importance of families and the importance of trying to preserve a family before encouraging family separation. And I remember you telling me um, a comment made by one of the community leaders about what they would change about how they interact with a family that they identify at risk and, and what they would now do as a result of that training. Can you maybe That's just explain right. that? That's right, yeah. He, he just said that. He actually got up at the end because they all got up to, you know, to thank us and, and he said, I, I would think a lot more carefully now. I, I, I'm, I would look into how I can keep them in their, in their families and keep them in the community. I would, I would not even send them to a children's home. So tell me also that the Hopkins Centre has also become um, more critical in the actual reintegration of children out of the home as well. So yes, it's a standalone program that helps preserve families, but it's also become a piece of the reintegration program and, and how you support children who come out of the home and live back with their parents in the community. So can you perhaps give us another story? about a child who has been reintegrated and how they've become part of the Help Kids Centre programs and how that is supporting them to now live with their family again. Yeah. We have um, an amazing story about one of our young boys and um, his dad died when he was quite young and he was electrocuted, very, very you know, sudden death. And this young boy, just he just turned against his mum, his, his siblings, he just got angry with the world. And so, of course, what does mum do? She goes to the government and says, can you put my child in a home? I can't, he's uncontrollable. So then, you know, we thank God that he came to our home and we were able to um, work with him for two years. In that two-year period, he, he got a double promotion in school. He improved, he excelled, he did very well. Um, my husband, Nara, was able to... Um, father him which was really really lovely he loved it he loved my husband and he was able to put a lot into his life and you know we just wanted to wrap him up in cotton wool and keep him forever and just you know the natural mother father love that we had for him but he always wanted to go back to his mum and so one day we decided, okay, we're going to work towards that. So we called mum in again. Uh, but this was more of a success story because we had a beautiful boy that really just loved us and but wanted to be with his mum. So we helped mum to start a small microenterprise. And that, once again, was just a table and an umbrella and mum can cook. And so she um, started her own business and she was able to get that off the ground and working. And uh, she actually went to the fish market, bought fish, sold fish. And so she developed that over about a two-month period and then we thought okay it's time to take your son and she did she took he went home and um when we went to see him just a few months later the smile on his face told us immediately and that he was the happiest boy in the world he lived in the smallest tiniest house but but at the home of hope we have a beautiful three lovely big houses and a beautiful garden but he was happy and he's actually chubbier than what he was when he was in our home. So he was happy. He was very happy. And he came to my husband and here he said, 
thank you for sending me home to my mum. So it's a bit different from a child telling you, you know, I hate you and, I'm, you know, I, you shouldn't have kept me to a child saying thank you. So that was a, a great story. And, like, he's doing absolutely wonderful. Now we have our social worker who actually visits him and we, we, we're there to be alongside of them. It's not a money thing. It's something that we just need to be there alongside to emotionally help mum and encourage her and say, you can do it and work with um, our boy to make sure that he's happy. For now and I, we just can't send a child home. And just that's the end. That's not the end. So I think what we're seeing through the Help Kids Centre and, and what we've been able to do in partnership, which has been really exciting, is really address this at multiple levels. That's right. And I look at it from the perspective of gatekeeping in the community. How do we bring this knowledge and awareness of the importance of families to community leaders so that they can proactively support families within their community? How do we address the vulnerabilities within the family unit itself through microloans, through community centres, through the women's clubs, the kids' clubs, um, the family case management? How do we help children who are currently separated from their families actually mm -hmm. start that journey of being reintegrated in a safe and effective way back with their families and then access the support they need to stay together through the community centres versus through the children's home. So where do you see this going from here? What are your goals now? My goal is to really just see all the children at the Home of Hope um, re re reunited with their families. We have some children um, that don't have family. We're having a struggle to find them. Our hope, um, we, we're, our future plan is that we keep pushing on the on the foster care and encouraging the foster care. We're looking at holiday foster care as a start and working with government to, you know, encouraging government, working alongside the government to may I see that happen so kids can get back to family. That's at the home of hope. We'd like to close it and to um, we're going to use it for a vocational training centre for our kids at the home, uh, the Help Kids Centre, and um, so the kids can go out there and be trained in woodwork and various things like that. But in saying that, it doesn't happen like that very quickly. We know that it can take time because we're not going to send our kids home if it's not right and ready for them. But we definitely will work towards that and, and make sure that they are given every chance to get back with their families. It's exciting. I'm very excited. And, and Help Kids is such a fantastic program. It's such a fantastic thing to, to work in that community and just um, listen to the, the parents just say, you know, how much they're appreciative and how much it's, it's helped them. And we just want to get, you know, the more parents involved and working with us together as well to make a real impact on that community. And I think yeah. the other thing that's really important to, to note is how you do network you're networking very effectively with government. The program networks with other service providers, right, other yeah. non-profit organisations, church-based organisations, in order to look at what does an individual family need and where can we draw those support services from? Because as you said before, no one individual group can be everything that a whole community needs. That's right. And the importance of partnering and pooling our resources and each being a piece of the puzzle and working together to provide those very holistic services. And that has to encompass government, non-government, the church in the community. And together we really can um, support these families and see these children raised in healthy homes that maybe they won't look like the richest environments That's and right. the richest home, but they're rich in terms of family. That's and right. that is so critical for these children's long-term development. So it's a fantastic program. 
I'm Carrie Olson, founder and chair of the Faith to Action Initiative. And before Sarah Gazarek shares a few words in closing, I'd like to thank Rebecca and Allison for joining in conversation and sharing some of the ways that Help Kids, with the support of ACCI, is strengthening family care for children. You can watch a short video about Allison and Narl and their work with children and families in Sri Lanka under the media section of the Faith to Action website. And if you'd like to learn more about or support the work of Australian Christian Churches International Relief and Help Kids, you can do so by visiting ACCI's website at www.accirelief.org.au. Sarah? Thank you so much for joining us today. As you continue to explore how you can be involved in the best care for children and families, we encourage you to visit our website at www.faith2action.org and discover our many helpful resources. In particular, listen to our podcasts that feature more examples of organizations and groups around the world implementing strategies that strengthen family care. On our website, we have many stories that feature different organizations and groups that are working to strengthen family care, from reducing stigma and discrimination, access to medical care, protection and participation of children, and many other strategies. You can also subscribe to our listserv on our website or follow us on Facebook or Twitter to access more examples of family strengthening and updates of family-based care for orphans and vulnerable children. May God continue to bless you in your service to children and families.